With more and more people focusing on their health these days, it's no surprise that consumers are looking to spice up their culinary selections. But long before they became a part of our creative recipes, herbs and spices have had a long history of being celebrated for their medicinal properties. Modern science has now shown that many of them may carry remarkable health benefits, offering great opportunities for new product development and innovation. In this episode, we'll explore and expand on findings shared in the recent IFT Food Technology Magazine article entitled Spicy Nutrition. In this podcast, we'll focus on nature's herbs, spices, and extracts that offer potential health benefits. We'll also talk with the article's author, Linda Orr, about what the research tells us, as well as some entrepreneurial companies who have tapped these spices' hidden potential for their current and future product innovation. Speaking with me today is Linda Orr, contributing editor of IFT's Food Technology Magazine, Amy Rothstein, founder of Donna, and Emily Griffith, founder of Lil Bucks Snacks. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. So first, I'm going to have each of you introduce yourself and give a brief overview of your company's objectives and mission. Linda, let's start with you. Hi, Matt. Thank you again for having us. Um, So my name is Linda Orr. I'm a contributing editor with Food Technology Magazine. Um, I've been writing their nutraceutical column for about 19 years now, um, covering nutritional ingredients, food ingredients with reported health benefits, some of the research behind them, and just general health and wellness trends in the food industry. Great. Amy? Hi, I'm Amy. I am founder of Donna. We're a tea and beverage company out of Brooklyn, New York. And most of the ingredients we use in our beverages are spices that we source thoughtfully from all around the world. A big part of our mission is to source spices directly from farmers, single origin when possible, so that we can um, help to, to make the food system better. Excellent. And Emily? Hey, I'm Emily. I'm the founder and CEO of Lil Bucks. We're America's buckwheat brand based out of Chicago. Um, so we make crunchy snacks and breakfast toppings out of sprouted buckwheat seeds. But as it pertains to this conversation, well, our larger mission is that buckwheat's a great crop for soil health and also really nutritious. So our mission is to popularize buckwheat. Obviously, that's our big focus. It's over 80% of every recipe of our products. But even, you know, we're doing, we want to be a part of the future of food. So sustainable sourcing is huge for us, not only with our buckwheat, but now going through every spice we use, also trying to do single origin when we can and really explore interesting ingredients and bring those to our consumers. So excellent. Well, I'm really excited to learn more about your products, but first I want to dive into the science with Linda. So your recent article in Food Technology Magazine cited seven spices that offer potential benefits, um, like things like turmeric, ginger, garlic, rosemary, saffron, cinnamon, and cayenne pepper. But I want to start with turmeric. What does the research say about the spice and especially in terms of health and wellness? And how are you seeing it being used creatively in products today versus how maybe it was used previously? So turmeric is a popular spice right now. A lot of people are familiar with it because it has anti-inflammatory properties. I mean, inflammation is a big buzzword right now. A little inflammation is actually a good thing because it shows you that your immune system is working properly. It's chronic inflammation where we run into issues. So chronic inflammation can cause damage to healthy cells and organs in our body, which can increase 
you know, risk of certain conditions like arthritis or obesity, you know, diabetes. So going back to turmeric with its anti-inflammatory properties, um, it's been used as a spice, you know, predominantly in Indian cuisine. Um, the research right now is focusing on a component of turmeric called curcumin. And curcumin is what gives turmeric that beautiful yellow goldish to orange color that we all know. Um, and it also contributes to its anti-inflammatory properties. So there was an article that covered some of the research overall with turmeric's or curcumin's benefits, um, linking it to our metabolism, healthy digestion, anxiety, um, hyperlipidemia, which is like too much cholesterol or fat in our blood. Um, I saw a recent study that linked curcumin to actually exercise recovery. So when we exercise hard, <laughs> strenuous, um, that can cause inflammation and stress on our body, which, you know, you feel muscle soreness. So it's called exercise-induced inflammation. So curcumin has been shown to kind of help with that inflammation and the muscle soreness because it has anti-inflammatory properties. Um, in terms of products that I've seen it in, you know, initially, obviously, turmeric, you'd find it in ready-to-eat meals and frozen meals, ethnic cuisines. Now, it's just it's fun to see like just this range of products it's used in. Um, beverages obviously is one huge area for um, spices and turmeric in particular, um, but you've also find it on snacks, um, chips, crackers. You can find nuts that are seasoned with turmeric. Um, nutrition bars in another area, like nutrition bars initially catered to the sweet profile, taste profiles, but now nutrition bars are more savory because they can be used as meal replacements. So you can find turmeric in nutrition bars, um, the little energy bites and protein balls you find in health food stores are seasoned with turmeric as well. Um, and then some two newer products I saw where one was like a turmeric jelly and then another one was um, a creamer. So it was a powdered creamer flavored with turmeric that you can then add to your coffee or tea beverages. So it's just everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly seems like uh, it's kind of touted as one of those, you know, magical type of ingredients, uh, a superfood ingredient. And we'll definitely talk in into the regulatory side of things later on, because, you know, there in the U.S. especially, there is kind of a large burden of proof placed upon making any sort of claim. And a lot of the research with turmeric is somewhat preliminary, um, some limited human evidence, but definitely some interesting links, right, in some of these preclinical studies. Yeah. And I mean, the, the turmeric jelly is so funny. It gives you such a beautiful yellow color that I can, I can understand why people are kind of drawn to it, even just visually. So <laughs> Amy and Emily, you both have products that contain um, many of the spices that Linda wrote about in her article, but um, definitely you both use turmeric as a prominent ingredient. I, I'm curious if you could talk about why turmeric is so popular and how you've incorporated this spice and positioned its benefits in your products. Um, so Amy, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, so I think it is so popular because of the health benefits. I think that um, the, the wellness trend and the wellness industry um, is responsible. And I think it was, it was you know, the change of, of thought from dieting um, to finding real foods that are beneficial on on their own. So I have a, um, Donna, we make a turmeric concentrate for a turmeric latte. And then we also have a turmeric, a turmeric honey bush soda. So because 
um, because of how I think about food and because my products um, contain sugar, we do not like uh, push the health benefits of of the turmeric. Um, instead, we leave that up to the consumers. So we're promoting health um, because we are using real ingredients and we are using sugar in moderation. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, I think that answers it well. I mean, I think it's kind of like a, it definitely sounds like a responsible type of, of approach with it and that, you know, you acknowledge that your, your products do have some sugar in them. And so there's, you know, you, you market it in terms of the fact that it contains real ingredients that people recognize. And, um, I mean, it also, people can make the link maybe if they've read about turmeric or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our, so our customers love us because of our high quality and bold flavors. So rather than creating a turmeric concentrate so that people can be healthy or uninflamed, um, we are, we created a turmeric concentrate so that people could enjoy the, the beautiful flavor. Um, and in our line of spice sodas, especially, um, we wanted to feature spices as, um, as the base of a flavor, um, instead of like an, a flavor accent, how they typically are used. Um, and sodas do have sugar. So we're saying, Hey, this is a soda. Consume it as a treat, but it is a high quality treat and it's made with real ingredients. And those ingredients are ethically sourced and uh, we use less sugar, although still a soda amount of sugar. Yeah, I think that's great. Emily, how about you? I love that we're talking about turmeric because I think as a brand, our turmeric lemon cluster box flavor was really our first expansion into something that's a little more savory. And the particular supplier we aligned with, Diaspora's um, they position themselves as a radically ethical spice company. Um, and I had just met the founder personally and was really inspired by their mission and how they're working with farmers in India, tried their spices and on my own consumer journey, just so excited about, you know, really understanding where spices come from and learning, you know, that two turmeric's are not the same. The turmeric you're buying off the shelf at Target is not the same as this diaspora turmeric or like some that Amy's probably sourcing as well. So as I'm discovering this turmeric, um, it just made sense to bring this to our consumers. Like Amy also said, the wellness trends are popularizing some of these ingredients that have lesser known benefits, but we are seeing those early studies that are showing it, I, there still needs to be more done. So, you know, our consumers, our core consumer that's excited about buckwheat for those superfood benefits. Uh, and we are primarily focused on buckwheat because like I said, buckwheat is the base of most of our products. So high protein, high fiber, gluten-free, all that. But we know that consumer is also interested in drinking matcha lattes, drinking Haldi Dude, which is golden lattes or golden milk. So we know they're interested in it. So we thought it's just a great way to educate them on spice sourcing and hey this is a really delicious way to eat turmeric we're gonna educate you on the turmeric health benefits we're not gonna tell you that by eating a serving of turmeric lemon cluster bucks that you're all anti-inflammatory magically from this turmeric because you know we don't want to take advantage of people with our marketing 
um, and you're not getting a full serving of turmeric of that curcumin. That's really the best health benefit of turmeric or what's been most studied. So it's just a great way to kind of like open the door for our consumers. Even my own mom, um, we're from the Midwest and, you know, comes from an Italian and Irish background. So we've never cooked with turmeric at home growing up. And I remember when she was one of my taste testers, we always have taste testing groups and she was like, turmeric, I mean, no, like what? That's spicy and weird and tried it and loved it. I mean, because we did source such a delicate, bright turmeric and she got to try it uh, paired with a lemon myrtle and with the buckwheat, it's bringing more people into that and getting them to explore their spices and include it in you know, I've never tried it because I'm not a good Italian chef, but maybe there's room for some turmeric in Italian food. I have no idea. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but, but it's just a great way to, you know, bring more into our mission. Our mission is, you know, buckwheat is our avenue to educate consumers on the future of food. But, you know, turmeric and other ingredients, it's a great way to educate them and get them excited about these. Well, you make a really good segue to my next question, which is, you know, for, for you and Amy, like what assumptions do you make about your core consumer in terms of their familiarity with these ingredients? Because like you're saying, uh, turmeric can kind of be out there for a lot of people um, and they might not even know how to pronounce it or how it tastes or, you know, be familiar with the benefits. So I guess, what is your assumption? Do you assume that they know nothing or do you go in assuming that they have some sort of level of familiarity with it? Yeah. So we, with our consumer, we're starting, of course, we want to be America's buckwheat brand and be in pantries across the country. But as we are starting, of course, we're focusing on that core consumer, which right now is millennial, millennial women interested in health, cooking at home. Maybe they're making smoothies. They're engaged in the wellness community, likely living in urban areas, because that's just kind of where these trends start. And at the same time, that's where you're also seeing the matcha lattes, the you know, turmeric lattes, all of these things as well. So it's a great place to start just with the buckwheat in general. Um, and as we're making those assumptions, starting in the Midwest, where there is so sometimes these new ingredients take um, a little longer to take hold there after they come in from the coasts, we do have a bit of a range of awareness in the flavor profiles we produce. So we're trying to be careful on like our latest little bucks flavor we launched is cinnamon vanilla. Everybody loves it, especially in the Midwest. It's very comfortable flavor. Americans love cinnamon. Um, it's it's one that's appealing to the most people and can bring more people into the buckwheat world. On the other end, we have turmeric lemon myrtle, which is, you know, a little scary for people like even my mom um, at first. And but maybe you know they're getting introduced by our chocolate reishi flavor or cacao or cinnamon, and then they're kind of going on a journey towards exploring or maybe our matcha flavor, maybe the turmeric. So there was a range within that of people that, I mean, I personally fall into this, our target audience group. And I would say I'm more inclined to just have cacao and cinnamon because that's what I like in my breakfast. And then on my own journey, getting more involved in the food industry and working with other brands and tasting spices, I've even myself become more, you know, into the, these trendy, interesting flavors. So that's kind of, we try to offer a range, but make sure we're not too hard on one end and too hard on the other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Amy, what are your thoughts here in terms of your brand? I suppose we teach what we know. So um, when we have people who are interested in trying it, we, we get them to taste 
tested and then we talk about the flavors. So specifically, I think the best example is again our spice sodas where we have a um a pink peppercorn lemon, a juniper lime, and a turmeric honey bush. Um they because the concept of a spice soda is very new to this market, we have the hurdle getting someone to understand what it is and then and then the next step is whoa these flavors are um unique um so if we can get someone to try the pink peppercorn um uh then we'll we're able to show them that pink peppercorn um is not related to black pepper and it's a berry that comes from brazil and it kind of tastes like skittles but it kind of tastes a little musky so at that point it becomes really really fun and things are a lot harder now that we're not allowed to do in-person tastings or trade shows um still through through the internet we are trying to teach people what our beverages taste like and um why they taste so good is because the ingredients we're using um, are are good right and i think you both draw on like really important points that sourcing is just so important from everything from spices down to like flour and things like that, like getting a consistent source to get consistent products that you know taste good is just so important in food. Yeah, I was thinking I, um, so when Emily was talking about her turmeric, I was like, oh my gosh, my turmeric is from Nicaragua. And it, and, and it's, you know, single origin and sourced from one farmer and all of the good things, but because it's grown in a different country, it must be so different from the from the flavor profile of Emily, uh, of Emily's turmeric. So it's really cool. Oh my gosh. I want to try those side by side. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I love Nicaragua too. And that's really cool. I didn't even know you could get turmeric there. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big market. Yeah. We should trade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm so intrigued. And it's really cool. Like the more you get into it and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I tried an Indonesian turmeric next to an Indian turmeric and um, it's just wild as you get into it and you start noticing just very subtle flavor differences and color differences. So that's right. Well, Linda, I know we've been talking a lot about turmeric, but you profiled some other spices in your piece and food technology. Uh, Let's maybe run through some of them and, and what some of the potential health benefits you uncovered were. So I think, let's see, ginger was one. Um, So ginger, like turmeric, is anti-inflammatory properties as well. I think what most people associate ginger with are its benefits for nausea and motion sickness, um, which I can attest to having used it before for being on a boat for a long time. Um, So, and then um, gut inflammation as well because of its anti-inflammatory properties. Garlic is botanically a vegetable, but obviously it's used a spice you can find it you know dried spice rack anywhere and garlic is um, mostly associated with our heart health so helping to possibly lower um, our blood pressure and cholesterol levels Um, rosemary is rosemary is a fun ingredient because it's used right now in the food industry also not just as a spice but as a natural preservative so rosemary is high in antioxidants Um, it contains compounds like rosemary acid Um, that helps slow the oxidation of fats. So that's why it's a great um, natural preservative in some foods. And, you know, on an ingredient statement, you can just label it as rosemary or rosemary extract. Um, 
And so because it has antioxidant activity, it you know could possibly help with our immune health and immune systems. Um, saffron is um, also rich in antioxidants. And what they believe saffron has shown is that it affects um, like neurotransmitter levels in our brain. Um, so um, I think there's an ingredient company that sells an extract from saffron uh, for weight management products. And what's believed there is that it may affect the serotonin levels in our brain when you take this extract, um, which kind of gives you a sense of well-being and can affect your appetite and kind of help um, make you feel a little fuller sooner because you're feeling happy. <laughs> um, cinnamon, we are, I think a lot of people are familiar with cinnamon supplements that they see um, being sold to help with our glucose levels, um, so our blood sugar levels. So there was a study last year that was um, published that said, um, it found that like taking 500 milligrams of cinnamon three times a day in people who are pre-diabetic, they just showed, um, they just showed um, that they were able to tolerate their glucose levels better. Um, and then finally, I think the last one was cayenne pepper. Um, cayenne pepper and even cinnamon, they both have um, thermogenic properties, which is burning fat in our bodies. So extracts from both of those have also been used in weight management formulas because of their fat burning properties, um, helps burn fat, you know, for your weight management programs. Um, so cayenne pepper contains capsaicinoids, which contributes to the heat you get from the pepper. Um, that is also what is partly responsible for the thermogenesis. It's also responsible for some of the benefits that have been reported with cayenne pepper for um, pain management or um, kind of like in a numbing almost. Um, and then, you know, I you know, heard people use it for sore throats, um, cold relief. Just I think it's more of like a numbing thing than anything else. Um, the thing with cayenne pepper, though, is if you take too much and you're going to get horrible stomach aches, <laughs> um, and, uh, plus the heat. So those were, I think, the, I think I hit the spices that I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, Linda, it's actually, a, it's, it's a long, it's a, it's a great long list. And I'm, I'm curious if you've seen anything in the research to tell us about the cumulative uh, benefits of spices, you know, if, is there a benefit to just living in a generally spicy life? And does food processing, <laughs> and does food processing have an impact on on their potential bioactivity? Right. So, um, you know, with these spices, they're referred to as medicinal spices or medicinal herbs. You know, in general, just because they have this history. You know, they've been used for centuries, ancient times, in certain populations, certain cultures, for some of the benefits that we're hearing about. But if you look at the studies today, you know, you're not going to see long term studies of someone taking cinnamon, an ungodly amount of cinnamon. So what you're seeing is more of the benefit, you're seeing more studies looking at the extracts. So it's like, you know what, in history, we've seen some of these medical medicinal benefits. Um, so what in that spice is contributing to that? So hence why, you know, curcumin for turmeric, you're going to see studies with the curcumin or cinnamon, um, cinnamaldehyde. You'll see more of what's contributing to that antioxidant or anti-inflammatory property. And then let's extract that and study that. And that way you can also control how much someone is getting of that beneficial effect of the spice. So, um, you know, it's more along terms of that. Like, yes, there's reported benefits, but let's use the extracts to determine what's causing these health benefits from them. Um, in terms of processing, you know, with any type of ingredient, processing will affect it. So it can affect flavor, it can affect color, 
Um, so for spices, and if you're looking at antioxidant activities, some antioxidants have different heat sensitivities. So if, you know, depending on your processing technique, you need to watch that if you're looking at the spice for antioxidants. Um, so it's more working alongside your supplier, your formulators, saying what's the product, what is it undergoing in terms of how we're creating it, um, and, you know, go from there. Um, another, um, I think did you ask, challenge with processing might be dispersibility. So turmeric, you may know, is it's not water-soluble. So if you were to take turmeric, put in a glass of water, it's going to clump. It's not going to be soluble in there. Um, so that's another area that you need to consider when you're working with them. Um, so you'll see ingredient companies selling, you know, like a turmeric, they can sell it encapsulated or sell it with an emulsifier so it's easily dispersible in a beverage. And that way when you're adding it to a beverage, you're not going to get the clumping or the falling sediment at the bottom. Yeah, I know too, like especially with um, turmeric as a colorant, right, there's some light stability issues that can happen as well. Yes. Um, yes. Depending on how it's packaged and things like that, you right. see a decrease in color. Right. Right. And there's, so there's always a lot to think about. Absolutely. And Emily, your Lil Buck cereal has a cinnamon line, and I'm curious if you were positioning cinnamon purely for its flavor, or did you select it for its potential health benefits? Well, one of our things is being, you know a buckwheat brand and we're really all about the health benefits. So we're not trying to, you know, taint the nutritional profile with any ingredients that, you know, go against the point of what we're trying to create. We're very much a health food brand. So we're definitely looking for flavors like cinnamon, like turmeric that are really strong, but you know, are also only adding to the nutritional profile you know, like I said, you're not getting your full serving of turmeric or your full serving of cinnamon because it's not like you're just taking a full on extract of cinnamon when you're eating our cinnamon little bucks. But making sure there are ingredients that align with the type of ingredients we're trying to work with from a nutritional standpoint. And then, of course, tastes good. Uh, still, especially since we are, you know, pushing bu sprouted buckwheat seeds, which is kind of an unfamiliar format of this ingredient in the U.S., we have to be you know, make sure that the flavors we choose are very tasty because we're already doing something weird and different. So trying to make sure we're leading with strong flavors that people love. So actually cinnamon's the one we launched most recently and is performing the best, I think, because it is a very familiar flavor. Americans love cinnamon. Um, but then at the same time, it does align with anti-inflammatory, great antioxidants, heart healthy, you know, all of that, which is just, adding to the story. And then, you know, on the flip side, you know, I'm, I'm pretty transparent about this. We have customers love our matcha low bucks, but of our four flavors, it's, um, it sells the least just because a, we started in the Midwest where some people don't even know what matcha is B it's the least familiar flavor of them. So the people that love it are like die hard. This is delicious, wonderful, earthy flavor balanced with like, you know, some sweet tones, but you know, it's still at the end of the day, like matcha and buckwheat are two new different things versus cinnamon. We know cinnamon and we eat it for right. breakfast all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting the way you point out that you need to have these accessible flavors so people want to try your product. But then in a way, your product offers an avenue for people that are looking to incorporate more cinnamon or more mm -hmm. or more turmeric for whatever reason. 
into their life and into their diet. Exactly. So that's been a nice way to, it's like killing two birds with one stone, except for we don't want to kill birds. Right. Yeah. Birds are cool. (laughs) Birds are cool. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the marketing aspect of this um, since we've been alluding to that a little bit. So several of these spices are extremely common as flavoring ingredients, like you're, like you're saying, cinnamon, very common, people know it. But there's a lot of stringent regulatory rules about what you can and can't claim about health benefits. Um, so I know, like, you know, for instance, a lot of what um, Linda was saying that she found on the market, a lot of those are maybe marketed as supplements and not foods, which have different regulatory requirements. But as food producers, each of you has have navigated this um, in terms of your... I'm going to restart that. <laughs> but I'm curious how each of you have navigated this in terms of your product positioning. So it sounds to me like perhaps this is about artisan flavor, or do you see these as healthier alternatives to maybe more traditional competitors if you have them? Or do you actively promote the known benefits of some of these ingredients? So I know we've already touched on a few of those aspects, but I guess in terms of navigating this regulatory environment around spices and health claims, how have you approached it? Amy, let's start with you. Health benefits. Um, we, we don't talk the specifics of what the spices can do for people other than in, in like a very casual discussion sort of way, like on our social media, when we're educating people about, you know, our cinnamon is from Vietnam and this is what it, is you know this is what it does but not in terms of you know our our masala chai concentrate it's very much how we relate to competitors so for instance compared to most competitors we're better because we are grinding spices fresh and house so we're we're importing them whole grinding them fresh and that preserves the flavors and the health benefits and the color um like you were saying for turmeric um and we actually are using the real ingredient, whereas a lot of people in the beverage industry now are relying on extracts or flavorings for their ingredient list. That's great. Emily, how about you? This is a great question because I definitely went through the ringer with this recently <sighs> because with our cluster bucks bags, we just we actually just launched them in Whole Foods in the Midwest this week. Nice. So really exciting. So we were, we went through getting the organic certification and obviously you're going into a bigger retailer. So time to play in the big leagues, got to <laughs> zip it up with, um, you know, regulatory claims and all of that. So we worked with a packaging lawyer to make sure what we're saying and, you know, talking about our health benefits. And we also get into using adaptogens, which is another, yeah, I mean, even more challenging in a way than some of these ingredients because there's less studies on them. So we had to, my lawyer complimented me for being very creative with how we talk around the ingredients without um, explicitly saying, you know, on the packaging, you know, turmeric's anti-inflammatory, blah, blah, blah. Um, So like, for example, I have my, a turmeric lemon bag in front of me, but we say, you know, we talk about Use tr- turmeric used traditionally in India for haldi dude, and in India for jamu juice. Turmeric is a key ingredient in immunity elixirs. We make sure our organic turmeric has a minimum of 4.8 cent curcumin, which gives this spice the brightest yellow color. So, to a consumer that's a little more educated, maybe they like their 
golden milk lattes and they know that you need black pepper with the curcumin that's in the turmeric and that's the benefits, they're going to see that and get it. But to a general consumer that's more just interested in like, oh, that's cool. They use it in these immunity elixirs. It must be healthy. Um, so kind of we had to get creative with the language because it is, um, you know, in some ways you're like, I just want to gush on all these amazing, these ingredients are so powerful and wonderful. Um, but you, you know, you don't want to fall into, and the, the rules are there for a reason because there are brands or businesses that would take advantage of it and put like, a pinch of cinnamon in and say that it's going to change your life and perfect your heart. But <laughs> so, you know, we had to be careful about that. But also, you know, we want to talk about them because we're excited. And, you know, the reason we chose these ingredients is to hopefully inspire the love of these ingredients with our consumers. Right. And I think, you know, you bring up an interesting point, which you know, the, the words you used are very creative. And I think they, they do a really good job of kind of talking around the issue because, you know, there's people see this research come out, right? And they're interested in maybe incorporating it into their lives um, due to, you know, whatever disease state they might have or what they might be trying to avoid. But the, the bar to put an actual claim on a food product is so high because you have to make a recommendation to a lot of people. Um, so I think it's interesting how you're able to kind of take it and like, you know, talk about the fact that people are interested in it because of this without, you know, you know, claiming something that we aren't necessarily able to claim 100% right now. Um, so I think that that's, that's cool. It's interesting. Thank you. And so Emily, you mentioned you were uh, launching in Whole Foods in the Midwest this week. And um, Amy, I'm sure this is also no surprise to you, but you both are in very crowded competitive spaces <laughs> in terms of um, beverages and cereals and snacks. And I'm interested, I would like both of you to talk about where you see opportunities in these categories, as well as across channels in terms of retail, food service, and especially with COVID, this online direct-to-consumer model. Um, so Emily, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Amy. Definitely. Yeah, we're excited to be competing in the cereal granola aisle with Lil Bucks and in snacks with Cluster Bucks and especially launching the Cluster Bucks in the snack section. I think that snacks alongside beverages are probably the most competitive in the industry in terms of new innovation and rollouts. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously a big thing for us, of course, is the buckwheat is a big differentiator. Um, we're the only brand right now really making products out of that. So we do have that advantage from that perspective, but then beyond that, because we are the ones popularizing buckwheat and I'm under no delusion that we'll be the only buckwheat brand forever. So we do have to set ourselves apart in other ways. And that's, you know, by building our brand, um, really communicating our sustainable practices and our commitment to building a different kind of brand for the future of food. Um, you know, our packaging is very bright. We're trying to kind of brighten up literally the natural food world. Uh, you know, not, I love, you know, a good craft brown bag with some like cursive <laughs> font on it to Me the too. end of time, but we're just bringing something new to really stand out. And then, yeah, like our, I guess, you know, we're on video, so people can't see, but you know, this bright yellow turmeric bag, it's kind of like, what is that? And then you can even see little illustrations of the turmeric root on the bag along with some lemons. So kind of bring the ingredients to life. And yeah, we really are hoping that, you know, the ingredients we choose, while some of them are cinnamon and 
you know, gotta have a cinnamon flavor if you're in cereal, it feels like, but um, that we are bringing some new stuff to the table. Great. Amy, what are your thoughts? Um, it's exhausting. There are a lot of competitors. <laughs> um, and I think that's true for literally every person starting a small food company. Um, and so we've had a lot of success with, um, with partnering with small um, grocery stores and coffee shops um, um, because um, they are the ones looking for a high quality, um, product based, um, made with real food and made locally, made in house, um, all of that. Um, so the majority, we, we do sell our products nationally, but the majority, um, of those outlets are, uh, maybe one to five shop shops, five location shops. Um, so that, and, and you know, that's a great, I love supporting the small, you know, the small shop owners. So that's been great. Um, other than that, um, you know, we are in Whole Foods in the Northeast and um, our products do sell pretty well. And I think it's just because they stand out for their quality. Um, so our concentrates um, in the TIL, the tie and the turmeric, um, they are packaged in on glass bottle instead of um, the Tetra Pak boxes that our competitors have. Um, and our spice sodas, I mean, yes, it's super competitive, but um, we're not next to any other spice soda because that does not yet exist in the market. And like, like Emily, like I know that it will become more popular, but for now it's kind of um, exciting that we have something super unique. Yeah, staking your claims. Heck yeah. <laughs> so this is for everyone. And, and Linda, I think I'll start with you here. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest challenge, but also the biggest opportunity with incorporating spices as, health, as a health benefit uh, into food products? Um, well, you know, you, I think you guys talked, touched on it already, what is labeling, obviously, is the biggest challenge. Um, so a food and beverage, you, you can't make the health claim with a spice, it's just not allowed. Um, however, you know, supplements, dietary supplement, you'll have a little more leeway because you can have structured function claims. So like, that's why in some supplements you'll see statements like, eases, helps ease digestion or helps inflammation. Um, the upside to that, though, is consumers see the supplements, so they can see those structured function claims there. They can walk down an aisle and see a product with turmeric in it and be like, well, one, they're not, they're not unfamiliar with it anymore because turmeric is so popular right now. Um, and then two, in the back of their mind, they may know, you know, I think that helps, that's antioxidant, or I think that helps with inflammation. Let's try it, you know. So even though it's not said on the packaging of that food or beverage, consumers know and they're aware of certain benefits and these reported benefits of whatever spice you're talking about. Um, and so that's an upside, you know, and the spices also, you know, they do have this health appeal, but they also have, you know, a clean label, they're plant-based. They have, these medicinal spices have a story to tell and consumers love that. Like on the packaging, like you said, um, you can put the history of a spice on there, you know, um, and that's another big thing for consumers is that 
it makes it feel like they're more in tune and familiar with it because they know the story behind the spices. They know about the people who use them. Um, so that's the upside to, you know, using this and kind of getting around that you can't make the health claim on a food or beverage, but intuitively they know and they're aware. Um, another challenge is if you wanted to use a spice for a health benefit, um, the amount you need and the bioavailability is huge. So like that cinnamon study I mentioned, 500 milligrams of cinnamon three times a day <laughs> isn't what a normal person would consume on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. So like um, that Glozell <laughs> like cinnamon yeah, challenge video. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna run, you're gonna have issues. So, <laughs> um, so that is that right there is a challenge to using them for the benefits, and that's why you'll see ingredient companies. If you're looking to promote a benefit, you're gonna see an ingredient company sell the extract, like a curcumin extract, and they can sell that. So there's a certain amount of milligrams you get per serving, but you're not gonna put a whole you know amount of turmeric or cinnamon in a beverage and think that. You're going to get that health benefit right away. Amy, any thoughts in terms of some of the, the difficulties and opportunities in, in using spices as a, a beneficial health ingredient? Um, it's such a hard topic, but um, health and wellness is a lifestyle. So um, I do not feel pressure to, to say, you know, look at me, um, drink this and you'll be healthy um so but i i i do um want my customers to know the story behind our ingredients why we're sourcing the way we do um how we make our teas you know what our flavors are like things like that so so the health and the wellness aspect is not the, the specific medical benefits is not the route we're taking. Um, we just want to have a part in a healthier lifestyle that's based on real food. That's great. Emily, what about you? Yeah, I think similarly, obviously, the labeling requirements we talked about are difficult. And that also just goes back to since, you know, you can't just outright say some certain things on the label for good reason. Um it comes down to consumer understanding. So a lot of it's just education in general on, um, you know, how these ingredients might help you. And as more and more studies come out, you know, we can say more and more concrete things, but, and then at the end of the day, like Amy said, we're as a brand trying to elevate our consumers, you know, own health and wellness journey. And for some people with, especially with ingredients like this, um, and even as you get into herbs, like um, adaptogens, like ashwagandha and reishi, and even yeah, turmeric and cinnamon, people respond to different ingredients based on, you know, what's going on in your own body and your own gut health and your own stress levels. <laughs> so, or I'll start that again. People, everyone responds differently to uh, what's going on in your body based on your own gut health, stress levels, you know, whatever you were predisposed with genetics wise. So, you know, even with adaptogens for me, you know, reishi is very known to a lot of people to chill you out and you, you might have like a reishi cacao tea at night to calm down. And I noticed that a little, uh, but personally on my journey, ashwagandha made a huge difference to me putting it in my smoothies every day and 
feeling a lot more calm. It's good for anxiety. I think being a crazy entrepreneur that, you know, it just responded to my system differently. So I think that goes back to the labeling challenge of, you know, we all know protein does X for a human body. Like if you're a human, you need fiber, you need protein, you need these things. Um, but the ingredient benefits vary on what certain people need. So that'll probably in the long term be the challenge of how we have these blanket statements on packaging because, you know, some people need more anti-inflammatory ingredients than others. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of then delving into like the the field of precision medicine almost, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's a whole field of study yeah. that is really up and coming right now. So it's it'll be interesting to watch um, how that will like interface with the food industry, especially with things like this. So I do have to ask as kind of our final question here, what are some of the spices that we can maybe look forward to in 2021 and beyond? Like what are some of the, you know, hot tickets, uh, coming out that we think, uh, are going to make a splash. Linda, I'll start with you. Um, so 2021, it's interesting because I think two areas that you'll see a lot of interest in, obviously because of the pandemic, um, will be immune health, obviously. And then mental health is just another huge area of focus for health and wellness. Um, and mental health encompasses everything from stress and anxiety to um, depression in our mood and even sleep. Um, you know, people just might not be sleeping as well anymore because of everything going on. So I think you'll see, you know, consumers are, (laughs) exactly. So, um, you know, people are aware of like lavender and chamomile teas. They have that relaxing, calming, you know, take before bedtime, sleepy time tea. Um, So I think those you'll see more interest in, especially with the lavender and chamomile, because those are familiar ingredients. Um, You know, with immune health, the same, uh, you know, it's not a spice, but like elderberry, obviously, has received so much attention in the last year because of the pandemic. Um, so it's going back to, you'll see a lot of consumer interest in you know, natural, um, natural immune health, overall, overall health and wellness in general, because I think there's so much um, consumer knowledge now about, you know, what your health is tied to your immune health, your gut health is tied to your immune health. You know, it's all encompassing. Um, so I think those would be two big areas. Amy, how about you? What are your thoughts on some of the like uh, up and coming spice trends? It's a hard question. I mean, our warehouse, uh, so we're based in Brooklyn and we make everything in Brooklyn. So you go into our warehouse and you're like accosted with the smell of spices. So uh-huh. I, I don't really spend a whole lot of time thinking like, um, what more could we need? <laughs> Um, but we, so one spice I love is pink peppercorn. And I think it's underutilized, especially in a sleep Mm. capacity. So we are launching in about a month, a line of loose leaf blend. And, um, I'm trying to incorporate, um, more pink peppercorn. So, uh, for instance, I'm working on a hibiscus pink peppercorn blend that will be Mm. really bright and uplifting and totally herbal. And then we also do have a lot of calming blends in the works. So things that are using um, flavors that use flowers for their calming effects. So chamomile, elderflower, a lot of mint. Um, and, and fennel, I think, has a lot of, there's a lot you can, 
do with fennel in a sweet capacity or in a drink capacity that um, is not yet being done in our market. Interesting. Emily, what about you? Yeah, I think similarly to what Linda said with, you know, there just being a lot more emphasis on health and wellness, immunity, and mental health. One of the things that's really blown up this year is um, matcha. So mm. we're still sticking with the matcha, I, you know, especially in the Midwest, it might be a little more of a slower build, but I think searches, I saw a Nielsen study that, and, you know, don't quote me on this, but I think that they were up 70%, you know, cause you're getting a less anxious caffeine boost from matcha versus your coffee. So I think anyone, anything to be less anxious, people are interested in, but, um, so we're still, you know, banking on that. And then I think ginger other spices that are, you know, known and you can really feel the benefits of digestion. I even incorporated ginger tea every night, which helps. So people are, you know, and people are more aware of gut health and the mental health connection. So any gut health spices in that regard and then in general, just really excited about um, just different cuisines from around the world coming into the forefront. So you know, Middle Eastern, Persian, African, like I saw Yolele Foods, which they make uh, different products out of an African grain fonio. And they just came out with chips. And instead of just doing like barbecue and ranch or whatever standard chip flavors we're used to, they're African flavors. And I can't even repeat them to you right now because I don't remember, but I remember being like, this is so interesting and I want to learn more about the culture and that's kind of how you learn about these new spices and or maybe it's the same spices used in a different way so i think in that flavoring regard we're just seeing more of a international approach which is exciting because especially the u.s is a melting pot so our shelves should represent that i love that i totally agree well i want to thank you all for your time and your thoughts today this is a great conversation around spice and i also want to thank our listeners if you are interested in learning more about spice and potential health benefits be sure to check out linda's spicy nutrition food technology article at ift.org food technology in it she explores six spices and their multiple potential health benefits and if you're enjoying Food Disruptors, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or by connecting with IFT. You can find us at IFT on Twitter and by searching the Institute of Food Technologists on Facebook and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to Food Disruptors. I'm your host, Matt Teagarden. Have a great day, everyone.